This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to speak about the dispute or denial of a claim. Before an insurer is even able to dispute or reject a claim presented by its insured, it is required to thoroughly investigate the claim to prove that the loss is one specifically excluded from coverage. The Supreme Court of California explained the obligation of the insurer noting that while the task of distinguishing fraudulent from legitimate claims may occasionally be difficult for insurers, and an insurer cannot in good faith deny liability under the policy without thoroughly investigating the foundation for its denial. This was Egan versus Mutual of Omaha, a California Supreme Court decision in 1979, which is still the law in California and in most states today. In first-party cases, the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing obligates the insurer to make a thorough investigation not just ask a question, but actually a complete and thorough investigation of the insured's claim for benefits. It is improper for a first-party insurer to unreasonably delay or withhold payment of benefits if the insurer, without proper cause, that is, unreasonably, refuses to timely pay what is due under the contract. Its conduct, if it does so, is actionable as a tort as well as a breach of contract. Insurers are obligated to find some means to pay for a loss rather than finding a means to avoid payment. An adjuster must work to justify paying every loss that can be brought within the coverage by a thorough investigation even if that means is contrary to the insurer's own financial interest. If the adjuster does not conduct such an investigation with the intent that the insurer pays a loss, the insurer opens itself to charges of breach of the covenant of good faith and fair dealing and an assessment of tort damages including punitive damages. A thorough investigation seeks to avoid unnecessary litigation and prevent payment of losses for which there is no coverage. Before the insurer can deny a claim, it must first conclude that the claim and the coverages were thoroughly investigated, the basis for the denial was thoroughly investigated, the investigation was conducted with as much interest in the rights of the insured as in the rights of the insurer, 
All reasonable doubts and ambiguities with regard to coverage were resolved in favor of the insured. The insurer listened to all information provided by the insured in an attempt to find coverage. The insurer sought the aid of the insured to bring the loss within coverage. All leads were followed, especially those that would favor the insured's position. The insurer did everything within its power to assist the insured to prove the loss was compensable, and the insurer consulted with its experienced local coverage counsel if there was an issue of coverage. If the claim is still denied, the insurer must notify the insured of its decision in a prompt, fair, and reasonable manner. And this notice must and should always include a detailed statement of the facts that led to the denial, a statement of the language in the policy that required the denial, and where appropriate, the legal authority for the denial. In a case brought by Lana Guevara for bad faith against Allstate Insurance Company, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals found in part, quote, a court can conclude as a matter of law that an insurer's denial of a claim is not unreasonable so long as there existed a genuine issue as to the insurer's liability. An insurer is liable for breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing if it acted unreasonably in denying coverage. The mistaken withholding of policy benefits, if reasonable, or if based on a legitimate dispute as to the insurer's liability under California law, does not expose the insurer to bad faith liability. An insurer can erroneously dispute coverage without acting in bad faith. Insurers who have a strong basis for denial and who state that basis clearly when the claim is denied can avoid charges of bad faith as did all state in the Gabara case. An off-sided Mississippi case provides another pertinent example. Consider Polk versus Dixie Insurance Company, where the court stated, quote, a summary judgment for the insurance company on the punitive damages issue was granted on the basis that suspected arson formed an arguable basis for claim denial, notwithstanding that the evidence of financial difficulty was not particularly compelling. Sutton further observes that motive is not always an indispensable element in an arson defense. As for example, the arson defense could be established if it were shown that only the insured could have had access to the premises at the time of the fire. Here, while Polk, the insured, was not shown to be the only person who could have had access, the circumstances strongly suggest that if the fire was incendiary, it was Polk or at his direction 
who set the fire. This is Polk versus Dixie Insurance Company, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal in 1990. In the Polk case, the insurer deflected a charge of bad faith merely by showing a reasonable ground for its denial and by showing that Polk, the claimant, could have caused the fire that destroyed his vehicle and triggered the claimant issue. It did not need to show that he was in fact the arsonist, only that it was reasonable to believe he could be responsible. The gathering of sufficient evidence and the presentation of that evidence is the essence of the adjuster's job when faced with a claim where the insurer denies indemnity. Since insurance coverage questions are becoming more complex each year, it would be reasonable for the adjuster to request the assistance of experienced coverage counsel to help the adjuster draft the letter to the insured advising of the denial and the reasons for the denial. The adjuster should be aware that some insureds and their counsel are not interested in obtaining the indemnity called for in the policy. They are looking for a bonus. They are looking for punitive damages. They want the insurer to act in a way they can later trot out as evidence of bad faith. The insurers must avoid being maneuvered into acts that can later be called bad faith. The adjuster must always act in a professional manner. This means the adjuster must not lose his or her temper or argue with the claimant insured or counsel, write derogatory comments about the insured or the insured's counsel in the claims file, make written comments in the claims file or orally comment about the race, religion, gender, sexual preference, or national origin of the insured, the claimant, the insured's counsel, or the claimant's counsel, violate any of the rules of conduct set out in the NAIC Model Fair Claims Practices Act or its equivalent, make a promise he or she cannot keep, authorize work to be performed on the claimant's property without the claimant's written consent, lie to the insured or the claimant. Never, ever lie. There is no good reason, and it will always come back to bite the insurer with litigation and potential bad faith claims. Never prohibit the claimant for performing work to restore damaged property. It's his property. The insurance company has no control over what the insurer does with his property. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 107, Second Edition, which is available as both a paperback and a Kindle book from Amazon.com, with details available at my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library, where you will learn about this book and all of my books available for purchase. If you found this video to be of use to you, 
please refer it to your colleagues. It's free. And if you really liked it, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and to my blog so that you can learn about future videos and blog posts. Thank you again for your attention.